Hello and welcome to the introduction episode of The Municipal Arborist, the show where we talk about, actually I don't know what we're going to talk about. I don't have a uh, fancy catchphrase for it and I probably won't, but as you can gather from the title of the podcast, um, I'm a municipal arborist. My name is Joe and my intention is to talk about trees. Um, I know there's some podcasts out there already about trees, but to put it uh, bluntly without hopefully offending too many people, they're a little, uh, how should I put it, slightly boring and dry. Um, I kind of wanted to talk about trees in a way that, or not trees, I wanted to talk about our trade, which deals with trees, in, in, a, in a similar fashion to how we meet up with our arborist friends after a conference or after some sort of training where maybe we go and hang out and have dinner or go out at the bar and just have a couple drinks and talk about what's going on and uh, I always really enjoyed that so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hoping to continue that in this digital format a podcast format if this is your first time listening to a podcast basically what it is is it's like talk radio on the internet except this is the crazy part. You can listen to it whenever you want. You can even hit pause. You can listen to it again if you wanted to. I don't think anyone's going to listen to this a second time, though. But, yeah, basically that's what I'm getting at. Um, my name is Joe again. I'm a certified arborist. I'm actually a municipal arborist. I work for a municipality in Chicago's northwest suburbs. Um, I'm also a certified arborist municipal specialist. I have uh, the track qualification, which is funny because it's tree risk assessment qualification qualification, track qualification. I'm a CTSP through TCIA, Certified Tree Care Safety Professional. Uh, I have a pesticide license. I'm a TCIA approved chainsaw instructor. Um, I'm a state certified burn boss. I've got a bunch of different FEMA independent study certificates, which are almost worthless, but... That's neither here nor there. Uh, so yeah, basically the idea of this show is to to talk about to talk to talk about some tree stuff with some arborists, and hopefully at the end of every episode, uh, you're going to be able to click on the uh, show notes, which will take you to a survey monkey. At least that's what I'm envisioning at this time. And once you click on that survey monkey, you'll answer a couple questions, and uh, hopefully get some free CUs out of this whole thing. Basically, the the only year that those CEUs are going to be valid are for the year that the podcast comes out. So this is currently April of 2021. So for the rest of this year, if we get any podcasts from this introduction episode, you're going to get uh, maybe a quarter, maybe a half, maybe a whole podcast, depending on the time. Or I'm sorry, maybe a quarter, maybe a whole, maybe a half, maybe three quarter CEU, depending on how long this podcast goes on. Anyways, I kind of wanted to do this introduction episode to test out my equipment here to see how everything was going to work, my microphone, my interface, see if I need to do any kind of editing or EQ or compression. I, I, I'm a home studio guy. I'm a musician, so I already have a bunch of equipment, though I did purchase a couple extra little pieces of goodies so I can go out and do some remote podcast recording with some people. Uh, I also kind of wanted to test out the process of uploading to make it so you'd be able to hear it where, wherever you are located. Um, the format is going to be really loose. I don't really want it to be uh, just strictly interview-based, but uh, obviously that's how it's all going to start. Yeah, I mean, that's that's it, man. We're, we're, we're hopefully going to talk about talk about trees and our trade, a couple of interesting stories. Um, 
and, and we'll see what's going on. I mean, uh, I got a couple interesting guests lined up for the first couple episodes at least. Uh, I have Norm Hall, who is the co-inventor of the Porter app. If you're an arborist, I'm sure you know what the Porter app is. If you don't, um, go go learn, I guess, I guess what it is. Um, and then I also have Mark Duntman, uh, who's a world kind of renowned uh, consulting arborist, travels around the world doing consulting arboriculture. And he's uh, came came from this area locally. So that's who I have lined up. But uh, enough about what could potentially happen that may be cool. Let me talk about what where I came from and, and, and kind of how I ended up being an arborist. I, I, I'm an uneducated dude. Um, I know a lot of people that are in this in this game, at least in my municipal field, are all, uh, you know, college graduate and, you know, focus on uh, urban forestry or traditional forestry and um, maybe ecology, things like that. That's not me. I came from a trades background. I did. I was, I was kind of taught at a young age carpentry for my father and my uncle, and I worked with them on many side jobs um, over the years. They kind of taught me the basics, read a tape measure, how to make safe cuts, how to use a hammer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I floated around a little bit doing odd jobs. I was a bicycle mechanic for a few years. I was a manager of a uh, oil express which is the equivalent of a Jiffy Lube. Um, that, that job pretty much sucked, I'll tell you that. Um, don't, don't trust those people there. Nah, some of them are okay, but I, I wouldn't recommend uh, getting an oil change there. And uh, once I started settling down in my mid-20s, by settling down I mean not acting like a dingus, um, kind of slowing down a little bit on the partying aspect of life, I... Uh, Got a job at a glass company, uh, and I was a glazer, and basically what we did is we did glass replacement, so if the window broke in your house, we'd come out and put in new glass. We installed shower doors, you know, storefront glass replacement, things like that. Um, I kind of helped the owner run the company for a number of years, and throughout that time, the recession hit, and long story short, my hours got cut back, so I jumped ship, went to a kind of bigger company who was primarily focused on the commercial side, and it was great for throughout the summer and fall. And then everything slowed down and I got laid off. And that was in, let's see, that'd be like November of 2010 is when I got laid off from that company. So at that time, I was just about ready to get married. I was engaged to my girlfriend at the time, who is my now wife. And uh, I didn't have any prospects. I mean, I was kind of a loser. I mean, I was an uneducated dude. I mean, I knew how to work. I had, I, had, I, had, I had a bunch of trade skills, which, you know, a lot of people don't possess. I had a little bit of common sense, which goes a long way nowadays, and I just kind of looked for work wherever I could. I ended up getting a job at a, uh, I don't know actually what it was, if it was an independent company, but basically what I was doing is I went to like a Walmart and I put together like grills and bikes and furniture and things like that, and it was like piecemeal. You got paid by the piece. And uh, I, I actually only did that one day, and the dude didn't pay me for it. It pretty much sucked. But uh, anyways, how did I end up as an arborist? Basically, throughout that whole time, I was searching for jobs everywhere, um, you know, trying, trying to start my life with my wife. I was 27 at that time, 
and I um, I was an avid mountain biker, and I, I, had, I had actually been involved with a local group here called Camber, which is uh, Chicago area mountain bikers. It's a 501c3 organization who uh, develops and maintains single track mountain biking trails in the Chicago region. Um, I, I ended up becoming a board member, and um, just kind of like got folded into that whole that whole thing but through that uh, we did a lot of work through the Cook County Forest Preserve District and that's where most of our trails were down in the Palos region and uh, that's kind of how I got introduced to the Cook County Forest Preserve and then also like a little bit of land restoration uh, work and that really interested me just being outside and being in wilderness and kind of removing invasive species along the trail sides and that kind of thing was really really interesting to me so uh, during this process of looking for work, I found a job posting on the county's website for a seasonal laborer. And I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, throw my name in the hat and see if I can get the job. So um, I don't know if any, any, any of you know, but in the Chicago region in Illinois, Cook County, Chicago in particular, uh, everything is very political. Like you cannot, at least at that time, it was very difficult to get a job like that unless you knew somebody. So knowing somebody... Prior to that, uh, which I didn't know at the time exactly how it worked, but basically the way that it used to work, and it probably still does, but I don't know much about it, was you would um, go do work for like an alderman or something like that, and you go do politicking for them. You'd get signatures, you go door to door, and then on election day you would go and you know work work near the campaign offices or whatever and try to get people to vote for whatever, for that person. And then in return they would give you a job. And... Uh, basically you'd be like stuck with them forever like once they get you a job you would have to like buy like uh you know dinner tickets for like fundraisers and things like that and you know if you didn't you'd be out so that's basically the way the political machine works for the small guy in the chicago region but backtrack i didn't know about how all that worked i just knew you had to know somebody anyways at that time it was an administration change and uh Tony Preckwinkle became the uh, superintendent, or not superintendent, she became the Cook County uh, president uh, of the board. Is that what it's called? Cook County, um, Cook County, what is that actually? How, how would you say that? She Yeah, Cook County board president. And uh, she campaigned on cleaning everything up, you know, that's like what all the politicians say. So uh, luckily for me, she actually she actually fucking did it. And uh, after I applied for that job, I, w- I was picked randomly for an interview and I got I went to the interview and I mean, it was very crazy. There was a ton of people there. It was very informal. I mean, I dressed up nice khakis, put button button up shirt tucked in, did my hair, shaved the whole nine and uh, interview questions were goofy. Like in retrospect, it was, do you know how to run a weed whacker and have you ever cut grass? And I was like, well, yeah, I know how to cut grass. My dad's made me cut grass since I was in third grade. Like, of course I know how to cut grass. Anyways, I got the job and uh, honestly, I didn't really know exactly what I was going to be doing. The job description was kind of uh, nondescript, if, as it were. And uh, I kind of figured I'd be like putting together like picnic tables or picking up garbage or something like that. And what it actually was, was like cutting grass. So like you're running around in, in smaller mowers, getting in places where the big tractors couldn't go. So for example, I was running like a little mower with a front deck, like a 72 inch deck, you know, like triple triple blades or whatever on it, on uh, like John Deere mowers or Massey Ferguson's or something like that. And um, 
you know, getting around the trees and the fences and all the place where the bigger, bigger equipment couldn't, couldn't get. And then uh, on top of that, we were like picking up garbage and helping like clean up like storm damage and, you know, installing, installing fences and split rail fence and doing like pothole patching with coal patch and that kind of thing. And, you know, it was, it was actually a great job. And I, I knew as soon as I started working there that I wanted to stay in the municipal municipal field because I mean, honestly, let's face it. Um, whatever, you, if you don't work in municipal and you think that we don't work as hard as the private sector, you're right. Like there are times where we totally do like bust ass and, and grind it out and work really hard. But honestly, coming from the private side in the trades at that glass company, even, I mean, it was like a daily, daily grind to make sure you were getting that, getting that money and getting those jobs. Because if you didn't, like you weren't going to be working. So, you know, coming to this, to, to working at the forest preserve was a lot more chill, but um, since I had that work ethic, I kind of like excelled a little bit and the supervisors took notice and kind of like helped me out with things like, you know, they helped me like get my CDL, um, which I mean, I basically I did it on my own, but they allowed me to take the truck to the testing center. So I got my class B CDL right away. Um, but during this time working there, I saw these forestry crews working for the forest preserve and they worked for a department called resource management. And basically what they did is they were removing ash trees. They were doing prescription burning, um, running like heavier equipment. They had all the big trucks and trailers, like they were doing all the cool stuff. And I, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be out there dropping, dropping these trees and running these big chippers and, you know, loaders and skid steers and stuff. And, you know, apprentice loaders, it looked, looked really cool. Uh, but the only way to get into that at that time was you had to have a uh, class A CDL, you had to have prescription uh, burn member training, and you also had to have um, your pesticide license. So over the over two years working as a, as a seasonal laborer in the maintenance department, I got all three of those things essentially. And then uh, when that when that job came back up to work in forestry, um, again, it's called resource management, but we still call it forestry. Uh, I applied and I ended up getting the job because, you know, a lot of people didn't have class A CDLs. So class A CDL holds a lot of people, keep people back. So I had all those things and being as it may, those weird qualifications, I ended up getting the job and it was awesome. I was on a trails crew and we basically cleaned up storm damage and down trees on trails. We cleared the right of way along the trails. You can imagine like, you know, tons of buckthorn and honeysuckle grown in, overgrowing on these trails that weren't maintained for like decades We'd go in with heavy equipment like boom mowers and uh, um, forestry cutters and just like destroyed everything. But it was all invasive and basically it was just to open everything up and make it safe, open up sight lines around uh, corners and things like that so the trail users could uh, enjoy it out there in the preserves. Then, you know, we did a lot of prescription burning, which that's one of my favorite things that I really miss the most um, is that. So anyways, after doing that for a couple of years, I started getting a little disgruntled for various reasons, just acting like a, you know, I was just kind of like young and dumb. And uh, I ended up jumping ship and going to the Illinois uh, Tollway. So I was working for the state and I went there because now by that time I had had, uh, so by that time I had had my first daughter and I had a, we were planning on, you know, we we're trying for our second and I wanted m more money. I mean, I was looking at like long-term pension, like once I'm out of here retiring in 30 years, I was looking at that, at that end game. Like I'm going to be making, you know, 20, 25 grand more. If I go do that, than I am working here. I mean, not initially, but after a few years. So 
I jumped ship and on my first day I realized that I made a giant mistake. So um, I immediately started looking for new work and I went, uh, you know, I grinded out that tollway job for about four months and I got a job for the uh, uh, local park district in the area, the Palatine Park District. And that job was called, it was listed as the forestry team leader. So basically it, it was interesting to me because I didn't know any park districts that had like a, any kind of forestry focused anything. But basically what it was, it was more like a hyperinflated horticulturist, horticulturist job, I guess you can say. We did a ton of tree work. Like we did pruning and removals. And, you know, we also did like, you know, you know, pruning like bushes and mulching and some flower bed stuff, you know, plowing snow, things like that. But uh, I really liked that job a lot too, but it was kind of a little bit too small scale. And I, I kind of liked the running like bigger equipment, bigger trees, bigger scope, bigger agency. So I ended up getting a job back at the Forest Preserve at, uh, as that same title that I had before, resource, resource technician. Um, I was on a different crew though at this time. I did that for about a year and a half. And uh, went for a promotion, didn't get it, wasn't really disappointed. I knew I wasn't going to get it, but kind of the writing was on the wall, like I'm just going to be stuck in this position forever. But I, I loved the job. I was still going to keep working there. Um, but a few months later, another job came out as an urban forester for a local municipality, and I met the qualifications. So I threw my name in the hat, and I mean, I really lucked out. And now, now that's what I've been doing for about three and a half, three and a half years. It'll be four years now in August that, I, that I've been there. And I really love it, doing all the tree inspections, managing all the contracts and the contractors. We have a tree preservation ordinance, so I do a lot of like building plan reviews, review all the tree removal permits. Um, dealing with the public is pretty cool. Um, sometimes it really sucks. <laughs> Any other municipal people out there? But I mean, even even on the private side, like you know, dealing with people just just kind of kind of can be a real pain in the ass. But anyway, since since joining up with uh, with where I'm at now, I, I, I since I kind of got into like a quote unquote higher level role, I was able to start taking on some different training things. Um, so I took what little bit of training I was doing at the Forest Preserve District, which was I was a CPR first aid instructor and then also a defensive driving instructor through the uh, National Safety Council. So I was doing that training there and I also did a little bit of chainsaw training there. And then uh, after I got that job at the Forest Preserve, actually, they reduced the qualifications to where you didn't have to have a CDL. Uh, you just had to have your permit. So um, once they did that, they were getting all these, all, obviously, a lot more applicants. And uh, they were hiring people without CDL. So I helped out all the new guys getting CDLs once they came onto the crew, and I was training them with that. So anyways, coming to my new role here as Urban Forester, I kind of started doing a lot more training with the, with the guys that we have here. Um, just basic chainsaw training, essentially a little bit of safety training. I'm a, the chair of the safety committee. We just like review accidents and talk about if someone was negligent or if there's any kind of different uh, policy changes that need to happen, which P.S. there never is or no one's <laughs> willing to make the changes. But anyways, we're documenting it. So that's what's important. I, I, I've since gone out and started speaking at some conferences about our ordinance and different ways to manage our urban forest, different ways we can use um, GIS or tree inventories that some, some interesting things that people don't really talk about a, a lot to kind of get in the weeds with that. So I spoke at the Society of Municipal Arborists Conference in Irvine, California in uh, 2018. 
Um, I've spoke at the Illinois Arborist Association State Conference for the past uh, two years, 2019 and 2020. Um, I help uh, CRTI, which is the Chicago Region's Trees Initiative, or I used to help. Um, they're, they're basically like a sub uh, unit of the Morton Arboretum whose goal is to increase uh, can- tree canopy cover in the Chicago region uh, over the next couple decades. Um, I help teach their basic chainsaw training uh, on their two-day urban forestry basic training class through the IAA. Um, again, that's the Illinois Arborist Association. I've spoken twice at the NEMF, which is the Northeast Municipal Foresters, basically like during the winter months. Uh, well, fall, winter, uh, spring, uh, municipal foresters meet up and just have different like one to two hour presentations. So anyways, through through all these things over the last few years, I've met like a ton of different arborists. I've met um, a lot of great friends and, you know, made a lot of great contacts through like networking. And, and that's kind of what led me to wanting to create this podcast is I meet so many interesting people and we all share so many stories, oftentimes over a beer. I wanted to do the same thing on the internet where you can hit pause and play whenever you want hopefully get these free CEUs. Um, in my spare time when I'm not arboring, uh, I enjoy, uh, again, making music. I play guitar, the drums, a little bit of bass. I have a little home recording studio at my house where I write and produce music. Um, I enjoy drinking beer. I'm an IPA guy. Sorry. Uh, I also enjoy a little bit of hunting, uh, upland hunting, pheasant, um, some quail, a little bit, clubs. Uh, and then dove hunting once a year. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's it. Um, sorry for the long winded story. I kind of was anticipating this introduction going about 15 minutes, but now looking over, I'm at about 27 minutes. So I apologize for that. But if you've stuck around this long, that's, that's pretty cool. So anyways, uh, the introduction now over. And, uh, I look forward to you guys, hopefully listening to some actual really good content Well, I don't know if the content's going to be good, but since I'm a home studio guy, I really am intending on having at least high-quality audio. At least high-quality audio. But we'll see how that works out. I'm scheduled to record the first actual podcast with Norm Hall in the next couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, hope to to see you there through the view count of the podcast-o-meter. Yeah, that's a stupid joke. Anyways, thanks, and uh, everyone have a great day. Good luck with your lives out there in the real world. Bye-bye.